Praise God. Well, if you can, you can be seated tonight. Thank you, worship team. So powerful, so spirit-led. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. The moving pulpit, the island. This is the best. I mean, I've preached in a lot of places. This, is the, this beats them all. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Whoever had that idea, that was the Lord. Amen. <laughs> that was the Lord. No, it's really cool, but it's awesome. It's awesome. Oh, praise God. That just sticks there, huh? Okay, good. Amen. You know, Pastor Bill mentioned a man named Brother Frank. Amen. That happens to be me. I'm, I'm known around the world as Brother Frank. That's, I figured, you know, people want to be called all kinds of things, and people want to ask, what do you want to be called? I mean, I don't know, hundreds of times I've been asked, how shall we address you, especially in Africa, amen. But anyway... But I thought if Brother Hagen was good enough for him, then Brother Frank's good enough for me. Amen. I'm a first name kind of guy, so, you know, rather than Brother Borda, a little bit too formal for me, Brother Frank. Amen. So, you know, I used to not like that name when I was a boy for whatever reason. I don't know if any of you ever had a time in your life where you didn't like your name. But then one time I found out what my name means, and it, Frank means free man. Hallelujah. Free man. Praise God. Wow. I said, Lord, I repent. I get with the program right now. Amen. I like that name. I'm the Lord's free man. Praise God. So, but no, I was going to say, so it doesn't matter. From Uganda, Africa, to the United States of America, or anywhere else in the world, I can tell you this. You can trust Brother Frank. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Also, you know, I've been to Kenya many times. We work in Kenya and um, had the privilege of passing through, landing in, in transit, Nairobi Airport. Uh, Many times, praise the Lord. I don't know, probably 20 times I've been in that airport altogether. And I'll tell you what, I mean, altogether in my, all the times I've spent, I've never even come close to 24 hours. (laughs) So, man, bless you guys. Wow. Yeah, boy, talk about a test. Man. But obviously they passed with flying colors. Amen. And what a glorious report. Like water, cold water to a thirsty soul, the Bible says, so is good news from a far country. Amen. (laughs) You know, I'm a missionary. I'm 24 years now, so... It's my DNA, and um, when you get out there, if your heart is right, whether or not you're called to go short-term journeys or live in another nation, really doesn't matter. There's an activation of the life of God in the depth of your soul, in the depth of your being, your heart and your soul. That takes place when if your heart is right and your mind is in the right place and you're not fighting things or, 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 or 
you know, de- dealing in a wrong fashion with the things that come up while you're out there. Because, man, when you're a missionary, you really have to learn to go with the flow. You really do. But uh, praise God. But when you do that, and if you get into another nation, your life is ruined and wrecked for all time. <laughs> do you know what I mean by that? It means that life as usual, life as you've normally lived it, will never be the same. Amen. And so, I'm excited about that. So, what a powerful introduction because even in the, you know, the word of the Lord there, he was speaking some of the things, obviously, in the direction that I'm going tonight. But the way that it, that it hooked up together with that first song and the words of that song, you heard it. it it's just so right on because I... You know, I want to talk to you about the supernatural, for lack of another word, you know, the supernatural uh, aspect, nature of our God, because he's a God of the supernatural. Amen. My whole life has been a life of the supernatural, I can tell you. I may share my initial testimony in the Lord as I go through this message a little bit, and I don't want to really take much more time outside of that because I really do want to deliver this word, I feel that it's very important, Um, because, you know, we're living uh, in the end of days. Anyone believe that? We're truly living in the end of days. I know that every generation... You know, beginning with the first apostles of the Lamb, also spoke of the coming of the Lord. And that's by inherent design of the work of the Spirit in God and His people. Because He wants His people to be looking up in anticipation, living a life worthy of their calling and being ready for His imminent return. So by design, that's the work of God and His Word in our lives. But yet, I call it where we're living now, the end times of the last days. Because we were always in the last days, according to the Bible, but now we are at the end of those days. And I think it's not something that we just, you know, have a grandiose idea about, right? And we all want to think that, that we'd be in the rapture generation and so on and so forth. But you can look through all the prophetic unction in the word of God. And you can look and see according to what, the, what Jesus said and the word says to understand that the, their cup of iniquity is about full to the brim. And I would, I would say almost ready to run over. Things are accelerating. Time has been accelerating. And um, so... Why do I say all that? Because it's really important to the Lord that what Jesus began, remember it says in in Acts chapter 1, the gospel writer Luke who wrote the gospel and then wrote the book of Acts and he says, the things that, that we report to you, the things that Jesus both began to do and say, right? Began. 
And of course, here we are now still in the book of Acts, amen. I used to call it Acts 29, but then I realized, wait a minute, Acts 29 for 2,000 years, wow, that's like the longest chapter in history of anything, you know? That just dwarfs Psalm 119, amen. So it's actually really in reality got to be like Acts chapter 2022. How about that? Praise God. Amen. But the things that Jesus began, and of course, all based on what he finished, we understand his finished work of redemption, but we're not teaching that tonight. You all know about the finished work of Christ, but it does say the, the works that he began to do. Amen. In Acts chapter 1. So everything that Jesus began to do and that has been carried on throughout the last 2,000 years through his church the things that he began to do, I believe he has appointed unto us in this generation to finish and bring to completion. Hallelujah. Can anyone say amen? amen. Can I get a better amen? amen? All right. The second one was real good. So I remember... So what does all that mean? What does all that boil down to? Well, to me, the bottom line of everything in Scripture, with the Word of God, with the plan of God, for the ages, this generation and the ages to come, the bottom line is that God sent His Son to be the Savior of the world. And God, Jesus said, that God the Father wants His house full. Amen. And he's waiting for the precious fruit of the earth. How many more ways can we say it? Even in Acts chapter 2, if you read the prophecy from Joel that Peter preached, at the end of that prophecy of all the supernaturals, signs and wonders and everything that he prophesied about that was now coming to pass because of the outpouring of the Holy Ghost, hallelujah, amen. He said, the very last verse says, he said, and whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Meaning, this is the end purpose of everything I've just said. If that's not happening, you've missed it. Same thing with 1 Timothy chapter 2. Prayer for all men, leaders and all that, so that we may live a peaceable and godly life in all godliness and honesty. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior purpose who desires all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. And so if we are going to really fulfill the mandate, the biblical mandate and the, and the present emphasis of the Lord Jesus Christ in working in his church it must be then that we must forcefully, amen, take the kingdom by force and go forth out into the world in all places of our habitation, occupy until he comes, preach the gospel, be his witnesses filled with power, heal people, deliver people, set people free, get them saved, hallelujah, and bring in what Brother Hagin used to say, the last great worldwide harvest of souls from every nation. 
That is what it is about, my brothers and sisters. No matter what you're calling in the Lord, no matter your vocational calling and what the Lord has you to do, let me assure you, it's attached to that. Amen. And so with having said all that, I want to talk to you for a few minutes about, I believe, an emphasis of Scripture. And it speaks of the dual truth. I call it the dual truth. And that is of being in Christ and having Christ in. In Christ, Christ in. In Christ, Christ in. It's a mirror image, a dual truth that I want to talk to you about for the next few minutes. And then after that, I believe the Holy Spirit, by way of manifestation and demonstration, wants to touch his people tonight. And so I want to leave time for that, praise God. So we're living in the end of, the end of days, which are the days of harvest. Can someone say amen? amen. Hallelujah. Because that will bring the return of the Lord. When the last soul is captured. Amen. And the fullness of the times of the Gentiles comes to an end. Then the Lord will come. And catch us away. Hallelujah. So say it with me. Say this with me if you would. In Christ... Christ in. Christ in. In Christ. In Christ. Christ, in. Christ in. It's the dual truth, the dual truth. Of, my of my identification and my glorification. And my glorification. Amen. Amen. In, Christ in Christ and Christ in. And Christ in. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Because the Bible speaks very much of both. Amen. And so the in Christ truth, which I'm not going to emphasize tonight, I'm going to, for, for uh, the purpose of our, our ministry tonight, I'm going to emphasize the Christ in aspect of that truth. And I believe God is going to show you a picture, literally from the word of who you are, what you look like, what you carry with Christ inside of you. Because I can tell you that scores, multitudes, myriads of believers have not much idea of being in Christ, but even more have little uh, identification and understanding of Christ living in them. And yet here we sang about it, the resurrection. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so, look at, uh, let's turn to the Word and look at Galatians chapter 3 for a minute. Galatians 3 and verses 26 through 29, I think. This that we're talking about 
of the Lord Jesus Christ himself living inside of us. Like the Lord said, I created you so that I could live inside of you. And in living inside of you, could I not only bring you into all of my divine nature and attributes by living inside of you and changing you from the inside out, but ultimately then I could, of course, live through you and flow through you. Which makes all the difference in the world. This is literal, not metaphorical. The word of God is literal. Amen. It's reality, amen. It's a living reality and not uh, uh, symbology. Amen. Is that a word? (laughs) Symbology. Well, praise God, it is tonight. Amen. I'm the one in authority up here, and I say it's a good word. Praise God. Amen. (laughs) Symbology. Wow. (laughs) And uh, amen. So it's both both legal and it's actual. So I'm going to explain this to you. Like I said, the in Christ truth leads naturally to the Christ in revelation. The in Christ truth, you being in Christ, leads naturally and progressively to the in Christ, Christ in revelation. So let's read Galatians chapter 3, one verse speaking of being in Christ. Verse 26, for you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. Can someone say amen? Amen. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew. See, now look. Now there's a new identification. There's a new ID. You carry a new legal ID. Amen. In, In the realm of the spirit, like you carry a passport or a driver's license, you now carry a very real, literal, new spiritual ID in that realm. Amen. And it's in Christ. Praise God. And I'll explain that just a bit further in a minute. There is now neither Jew nor Greek. There's neither slave nor free. There's neither male nor female. Amen. Now, praise God, we're talking spiritually now, folks. Amen. We're not talking about 29 genders. Praise God. Amen. In the natural, that's it. Still two. Only ever were, only ever will be. Amen. And if you don't mind me saying, I hope you don't mind, but I'm just going to say it anyway for, for people to remember in case they're having trouble with this. There's just two, male and female, one with spout and one without. <laughs> Sit. A little bit too real. The Lord makes it easy. Come on. But let's keep reading. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. The Bible says in Corinthians that he or she who is joined with the Lord, joined is one spirit with him. Amen? 
And we then, being individual members of his body, joined with the Lord together, hallelujah, like Pastor Bill talked about the unity of the body working together, we must understand and recognize that we are one, hallelujah. And we must rid ourselves of everything that would separate and isolate, amen. You are all one in Christ Jesus, and if you are Christ's, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. And there's many promises, I understand that, but for sake of our ministry tonight, that promise is the promise of God living inside of you and making you a new creation. Amen? Hallelujah. And so there it says... Um, in verse 27, for as many of you as were baptized into Christ, that means, of course, we're baptized by his spirit into the body. Amen. That's when we're born again. That's when we're saved. And then after that, we follow it up. Amen. With the, with the, with the, uh, with the water baptism. Amen. To show forth and declare publicly, hallelujah, I'm in Christ. I died with him and I rose with him and I live in him. So he says here, though, I like it. Baptized into Christ have put on Christ. But really, it would be more accurate if it were to say you were put into Christ. Because you don't put on Christ on the outside. So it's talking about your spirit. You became one with the Lord and you put him on. But what really what happened was that he came and, and indwelt you. And filled your spirit with his life. Literally who he is. Jesus Christ by his spirit came to live inside of us. Christ in. Hallelujah. Therefore you see there is no limit and potential to the power and the dominion and the authority and the glory that we can walk in. And that we can release into the earth my brothers and sisters. But you must be aware of it. You must have the eyes of your understanding illuminated to this truth. And you must meditate on it. And you must accept it and receive it completely. If you are going to be all that God wants you to be and do all that God wants you to do. And so, I want to make a statement here. So, your legal identification, and we don't have time to go deep into this, amen? So for the purpose of saving time and just making this one point, you understand that the, the wisdom of God is manifold and the, and the, and the, and the depth of his, his understanding is unsearchable and unfathomable, right? That's why God can, can speak a hundred different things to a hundred different people, applying it specifically to their life through one scripture. Only God can do that. Praise God. But for our, our purposes tonight, to be in Christ, our legal identification speaks of our righteousness. Amen? Our righteousness. That which has been attributed to us. Amen? That which God the Father sees when he looks at us. So that we may come before our Father God and stand before him and stand right with him at his throne at any time 
in innocence, in purity, being justified without guilt and shame and all of those things that would push you away and keep you back in the rear. No, we are innocent. And to be innocent means to be unacquainted with evil. And that is the identification of righteousness upon our lives. Powerful. Powerful. And so we've been made right, as the, as the Bible says. We have right standing with God so that we can stand right with God. Amen? And so that legal identification is primarily for us personally. This is the way I'm looking at it tonight. You have to understand the context. That, that legal identification of being in Christ is more for us personally, and it gives us the authority to cast down, you know, destroy strongholds. Cast down imaginations, amen, thoughts, hallelujah, images, and wrong thinking. Everything that's contrary to the knowledge of God in Christ that comes against us. We have the authority over those wicked spirits and those lies to cast them down, amen, and destroy them, amen, because of our identity of righteousness in Jesus Christ. You tracking with me? But that leads us to, and I want you to turn quickly to 2 Corinthians 5. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. 2 Corinthians 5, you know where I'm going, verse 17. Our being in Christ leads us to the reality and revelation. It's all in one, you understand. It's simultaneous. I'm not saying one came and then, you know, no, it's simultaneous. But I see it this way, the revelation of it, the, the, the knowledge of this leads to the really a deeper revelation of the other. And you must get this because for good reason, amen, uh, who we are in Christ has been stressed and taught and really, you know, exhaustively, praise God, which it should be. It must be, praise God. Amen. I can't do that here tonight, and I don't need to. You have a man of God over here and others here who are unbelievable teachers of the Word of God who teach exhaustively, praise God, these truths. Amen. Not exhaustedly, okay? <laughs> Big difference, exhaustively, the full counsel of God's word. Not where you're exhausted. Hey, man, how was church Sunday? <sighs> Exhausting. No, <laughs> no, never, never. You're quickened, amen, with a, with a great full counsel of God's word. But so you see what I'm saying. So leading, it leads to this revelation of Christ in you, a revelation, listen, of power and glory, not to, ca not to cast down, but to cast out. 
Hallelujah. Demons and to cure diseases. Amen. And to deliver the oppressed. Hallelujah. When you understand who you are in Christ and the authority you have through righteousness, you can cast everything down that comes against you. But when you walk in the manifestation and the realization of who Christ is in you, then you carry evidential power for those outside of you so that you can cast out devils and cure sicknesses and all of these other work miracles. Hallelujah. Because it's his power and glory. So it says here, look at this. Verse 17. I'll just read verses 17 and 21. But look at the wording here. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Hallelujah. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. You're a new creation, a new species of being that never before existed. Well, what is that? Let's read it here. Verse 21. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us that we might not only identify but that we might become the righteousness of God in him. We have become. We don't only identify, we live it. That gives us the power and the ability to Think right, speak right, do right, have right. Amen. And like I said, bring the power and glory of Christ in you, the hope of glory, to a lost and dying world. Amen. I believe this is the revelation. I believe it deeply in my heart after studying and reading after and praying about it and inquiring of the Lord. And you could name many people and what I'm trying to get to and what I believe the Lord wants us to get to is I'm coming to a greater revelation and understanding that this is who I am, hallelujah. And the more I realize it and the more I activate it and the stronger I believe it, the more that I will be able to produce out here. And I want to produce, amen. I want when I speak. I want when I touch. I want what I do to produce the fruit that God has put in his word. Amen. And I know you too do. You, you do too. Amen. Get it right one of these times. So I believe that people like Smith Wigglesworth and John G. Lake had revelation of what I'm talking about. John G. Lake, it was written of him in his sermons that things that I've read that he would do just that. He would look in the mirror every morning after getting dressed and putting on his suit. And he would look in the mirror and he was looking at the inward man and he was saying, God lives inside this man in these suit of clothes. Every day. By reason of habit. Consistency so that it got bigger and bigger and bigger inside of him. And so to the point where when they put the bubonic plague in his hand and he said, it will die, watch it. And it did. And when Smith Wigglesworth, wow, kicked that baby across the room and it came to life. I'm just saying that these great men that we revere and we read after 
It doesn't have to be any different for you and me. I believe that truly with all my heart. We may not have the exact same calling, but we have the same Jesus Christ living inside of us. Hallelujah. So look at Romans 8.29 real quick. I'm doing all right here. Oh, my Bible. There it is. Romans 8.29. You doing all right? Praise God. Just a few minutes and then we're going to have the worship team come back and minister. I feel some specific leading and direction on what I'm going to do. But it doesn't matter. Everyone can participate by faith and lay hold of what the Lord is doing. So how can you see Christ in you through the mirror of God's word as it reflects the image of Christ to you? Let me say that again. How can you see Christ in you through the mirror of God's word as it reflects the image of Christ in you? That is, as you read the word of God, it is designed to be a mirror, the Bible says, that you look into so that when you read about Jesus Christ and the glorified Christ, and I didn't go to that scripture, but you all know it. I think I prophesied it. That's why I didn't have to go there. The mystery of the church, the revelation that was hidden is what? Christ in you. The hope, the expectation, the manifestation of the very glory of God. So you're supposed to take that and say, that's me. That's me, Lord. Thank you for showing me. Make it more clear. Let me see it more and more. But what you say in your word about me. Because you have to be able to see it. You have to be able to see Christ in you. Because only when you see Christ in you. Will you walk with, with, with the ability of Christ in you. If you can see it. You can be it. Amen. If you can see it. You can be it. In the word of God. And so Romans 8, 29, let's begin there, looking at now this process of the glorification and what it is and what it looks like to have Christ in us. Romans 8, 29. Am I there? Yeah. Well, there. Okay, thank you. I could just quote it, but here it is. All right. Jeez. Sorry, guys, look at me. I'm in Acts 8. No wonder. <laughs> Acts 8, and I'm reading about Philip, and I said, come on. All right. <laughs> That's a good one, too, though. Praise God. There was great joy in that city. Did you know that? <laughs> and what does it say? It's really cool, though, actually. What does it say about Philip? It said that they all heeded the words that Philip spoke Concerning Jesus Christ, when they heard and they saw the miracles that he did. We attribute all the glory to God, but I want you to know that God sees us doing these things. And so here, Romans 8, 29. This speaking of us, for whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son. That he might be the firstborn among many brethren. 
Moreover, whom he predestined, listen now. So that means to be conformed means to be jointly formed as one, like a hand in a glove. Hallelujah. Like Jesus' spirit coming in to fill our spirit. Moreover, whom he predestined, these he also called. Thank God. And whom he called, these he also justified, made righteous, made innocent in his sight. And whom he justified, these one day in the future, out in the sweet by and by, he will glorify. Is that what it says? No, that's not what it says. I tried to pull a Brother Hagen on you. <laughs> no, it says that he, those whom he justified, these he also glorified. Past tense. You're only waiting for the glorification of your body. But in the spirit, you are a glorified son and daughter of light. Pure, divine, creative energy. The very resplendent, sparkling, dazzling, living glory of Jesus Christ is what your spirit is clothed with. Just like Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration. Hallelujah. So listen to this. I already read, we don't need to read Colossians. So let me just say this. And then I'll read one more scripture. It'll be 2 Corinthians. I'll skip the other two, but I'll refer them to you to, to let you read them. But listen, Christ in is the actualization or the activation of your identification. Christ in you is the actualization or the activation of your identification. Meaning, for the purpose of the manifestation of the glorification of his image that has already taken place inside of you. Amen. The actualization, activation of the truth of you being in Christ and Christ being in you. Hallelujah is what causes you to walk in the glory and the power and the dominion. Hallelujah. Wherever you go, it's the manifestation of that glorification that's already been taken place in your spirit. You just have to activate it. You have to release the glory that's in you. The way you simply do that is by instant obedience to the voice of God. No matter what it is, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, when you're in church following the Lord, whether you're at your job, wherever you are in life, I can tell you this without being able to get into it more. When you instantly obey the voice of the Spirit of God in the moment, the prompting of the Spirit in your spirit in the moment, when you step in and obey, you literally release the glory and the fragrance of Christ. And it begins to manifest and change the atmosphere, and that's what brings healings and miracles and signs and wonders and deliverance. Hallelujah. You all just experienced a bunch of it. Amen. Hallelujah. So let me close here and just show you this picture, how this happens in 2 Corinthians, again, chapter 3. And then we're going to minister as the Lord leads. 2 Corinthians 3, 
I just don't have time to read this now, but if you want to write this down, please. What I, what I wanted to do is show you pictures, pardon me, of Jesus as he is right now. See, oftentimes we look at Jesus in the Gospels, meaning we look at him when, when he was God incarnate in flesh, when he was walking as a man anointed by the Holy Spirit. And that's good, and we should, because he's our example in those things. So what he did, we can do. Hallelujah. Amen? Can someone say amen? amen. Hallelujah. What he did, you can do. And so by the Spirit, by the anointing, and we understand that. But far too little do we actually take time to look at Jesus as the resurrected, glorified, supreme King of Kings as he appears now in all of his glory. And that's what you need to get a hold of. You need to get a picture of Jesus as he is now. And so if you want to do that, you look at Revelation chapter 1, verses 10 to 18. But even like I said in his transfiguration, it says in Luke 9 verses 28 through 32 that he appeared in glory and his face shone brighter than the sun and his clothes became dazzling white. And listen, they didn't wash his clothes. His clothes became dazzling white because who he was on the inside for a moment came to the outside. And it says about the disciples, it's really prophetic and interesting, but we're not going to spend time there. But it says that they were heavy with sleep. Peter, James, and John were heavy with sleep while he's being transfigured and shining. And I guess that eventually woke them up, you know. And so it was too bright, you know. But it says that they were heavy with sleep. But it says that when they were fully awake, they saw his glory. The church needs to wake up and arise in this hour right now. The church, God is shaking and awakening his church. Hallelujah. Amen. I believe this church is ahead of the curve. Thank God. That's why I love this church. But I can tell you, there are so many that are sleeping. And there are so many that shut down that never, ever reopened again. So listen, the church needs to arise and shine. Hallelujah. And see the fullness of the glory of Christ in this hour. Having said that, let me close with this. 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Because this is a perfect picture of what I'm talking about right now. See yourself. How did this happen? How does this take place? See yourself in this right now. Second Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 16. Oh, you know, I'm sorry. I want to read that in the Amplified Classic. I'm going to read it in the Amplified but whenever a person turns in repentance to the Lord, and that's true. That is, if you want to really see repentance, that picture, when anyone turns to the Lord, that is a perfect picture of repentance. When someone turns away from some other direction and they turn to the Lord Jesus to behold his face, that is repentance. Amen. And that's what the Amplified says here. Whenever a person turns in repentance to the Lord, the veil is stripped off and taken away. You see, even Christians today are living with veils over their spiritual eyes. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, 
There is liberty, hallelujah, emancipation from bondage and complete total freedom. Amen. And all of us, now look, as with unveiled face, because we continued to behold in the word of God as in a mirror the glory of the Lord. Because of that, we are constantly being transfigured into his very image in ever-increasing splendor from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. Hallelujah. And so it's an ever-increasing measure of splendor going from one place of glory to another place of glory to a higher place of glory, which just means greater revelation and greater activation. Hallelujah. Amen. Greater revelation. Say that. Greater revelation and greater activation with the glory of Christ inside of me. Amen. Hallelujah. I was going to tell you the story I'm sure maybe I've said something here before about it but and if I could have the Whitley of whoever you want to bring up with you dear sister come thank you Lord are you enjoying this word tonight yes. hallelujah like I said, it's real. It's literal. It's not metaphorical. It's not symbology. <laughs> it's real. It's literal. You understand what I'm saying? It's not some pie in the sky. Amen. Something that's way out there beyond my ability to comprehend or grasp or lay hold of. No. All it takes is your faith. Amen to lay hold of this very literal truth that in Christ and Christ in has made you entirely, perfectly righteous, completely innocent, separate from sin. Now, most people stumble there. They can't even get past that. But if you get past that, then you can get to this. Inside, right now, in your spirit, the one you can't see shines with a glorious light. And that glorious light is the very divine energy, the power of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ. God wants His people to begin to see this. God wants his people to begin to see yourselves in this light of both these truths. Because his church is glorious. And you are members thereof individually. And we are together whole. And he is coming for this glorious church. Without spot, without blemish. 